This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number five, Summer Sanders. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Jim welcomes former Olympic swimmer, Summer Sanders. He just made you believe you could do the impossible. He really did make you believe that you could do what, um, you know, you want to jump across the Grand Canyon, you can do it. Summer reflects on the coaches who influenced her career, keeping her motivated, positive, and focused. She also talks about the important home coaching provided by her mom and how she hopes to support her kids with their athletic careers. Funding for this program has been generously provided by Liberty Mutual. Responsibility. What's your policy? Summer, I want to start off by formally introducing you to our audience. Summer Sanders is an Olympic swimmer, author, and broadcaster. In 1992, Summer won two gold medals in the 200-meter butterfly and 400-meter medley relay, a silver medal in the 200-meter individual medley, and a bronze in the 400-meter individual medley. After the Olympics, Summer joined the broadcast booth for major professional sporting events. She's authored a great book about sports parenting, which we'll chat about a little bit later in the program. Summer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you guys. You know I love it. So um, we, we talk about responsible coaches who aim to win while teaching life lessons to their athletes. Um, you had a distinguished swimming career, career at Stanford and at the Olympic level. How did your coaches help you improve your swimming and help translate swimming to those greater life lessons? Um, I was very, very lucky. I, you know, obviously had wonderful coaches when I was really little, um, but obviously taught me just the joy of swimming and the joy of being a good teammate and being on a team and that whole atmosphere. But my first serious coach um, was Mike Hastings, and he just sort of happened upon our community, literally. He just, we needed a coach because two, two of our teams in our community merged together, and in came this guy who had coached, you know, John Neighbor and the Egyptian national team and kind of been everywhere. Um, and he really taught us about life. Um, you know, his big sayings were no deposit, no return. Um, he kind of put it all on us that we could be as good as we wanted to be, but he, he made us accountable of our own decisions and our work ethic and all that. Um, and then I took that to Stanford. Um, and you know, Jim, you and I were talking about it. And when I was out there hosting the event, I got to talk about him quite a bit, but my coach at Stanford was Richard Quick, who just passed away. But, um, I mean, he's influenced not only athletes, but coaches, you know, at Stanford. I mean, Tara Vanderveer was talking about him. So, um, and, and, you know, Richard just got it. He just made you believe you could do the impossible. He really did make you believe that you could do what, um, you know, you want to jump across the Grand Canyon, you can do it. <laughs> as absurd as it sounded at the time, some of the things he thought I could do, um, I, I, down the road, really believed I could do it. And, uh Having somebody behind you like that, it, it, um, it just opens your eyes to a world of possibility that you never thought existed. You won a lot. You were NCAA Swimmer of the Year twice. How, how did he help you keep motivated 
to get faster and faster? You know, I, I would love to say it was Richard. I, I think that what he continued to do was be consistent. He never really put it, um, put it out there that, that winning was the ultimate goal. I mean, sure, he wanted me to win a gold medal and wanted that for, uh, continue that was one of my goals. Um, but he really put it time-wise, and I actually didn't achieve any of my goals, any of my goal times. They, they, all, they were so far below world records that I never, I never matched it. So, um, so in other words, the motivation was always there because he created a motivation that was beyond um, the, the prize, I guess, so to speak, if you can kind of understand what I'm saying. And, and I think that that's really, really positive. But also, I think that he saw in me that I just was a motivated person. So, yep. um, you know, he, he rarely had to say to me to go as fast as I can. He often had to say to me, can you, you know, to back off a little bit. And so, um, but that was, that was what, what made my coaches so great is that they saw that in every athlete, that every athlete is different. And some need that, you know, some need to be yelled at, some need to be nurtured, some need to be joked with, you know. Every kid needs something different, and that's what made my coaches so great. They saw that, and they tried to deliver. You know, um, the um, d- during meets, swimmers often compete in multiple races in quick succession. Um, w- any thoughts about how to help swimmers recover from mistakes or bad performances when they got to get back in the pool again and, and do their best? Well, I think that's the perfect scenario. I mean, the fact that you have the opportunity to get back in the water and do it differently. I mean, if I I look at, um, you know, five years ago, I was introduced to a sport called ski racing, which is my husband's sport. And he would compete and he would not race again for another two weeks. So imagine that feeling of making a mistake, which means that you're out of the competition, you ski out, you fall, and that's it. And then you don't get another opportunity for two weeks I mean, I would just be itching to get back out there and try it again. And what an opportunity a swimmer has to learn from your mistakes and then get back out there and try to do it better. It's it's the only way. It is the only way to improve. And it happens to everybody. I've been DQ'd. I've had, you know, I've taken it out way too fast. I took it out way too fast at the Olympic trials in 1992. I thought my body was going to explode. That's how bad I hurt on my last 50. And it was all because I took it out too fast on my first 25 of my 400 IM. And um, I was so far in front of the world record, and I was so far in front of the person who was second. And then it was as if somebody literally put the piano on my back. And I just, I almost stopped. I, I was, my arms were moving, my body was not. And um, I touched the wall. I finished first, but I, you know, didn't break the world record. And all people saw was this person just gobbling me up and me just completely dying at the end of my race. Um, now, granted, it was a good outcome. I made the Olympic team, but um, it was also very physically hard to recover from. And two, you know, mentally, uh, it was it was kind of a, a you know, a not so smart race. <laughs> and so. But I had to come back the next night and do, you know, do it all over again. And you had the chance. You didn't have to wait for two weeks like your husband does. Yeah. You know, I mentioned your book, uh, which I really like, and I've told you that before. Champions are raised, not born. How my parents made me a success. 
In, in your book, you give a lot of credit to your parents for really helping you become the athlete and the person that you have become. Can you uh, talk about some of the things they did that made them such uh, good, responsible sports parents? Well, my parents um, got divorced when I was seven. And uh, they both made, I mean, my mom was always there for us. And my dad was too. But my dad really had to make, make the conscious decision uh, to be a huge part of our life. And he did. He learned to cook. He, whatever, whatever. And one of the things he learned to do was understand the sport of swimming. Um, and the great thing about that, that relationship between both of them, um, my mom knew the sport of swimming. And she loved it and she got it and she understood my talent and all that kind of stuff. And my dad didn't really. So um, my mom was there when I was, let's say, I can totally remember like where we were in my mom's house. So I must have been in junior high, um, maybe even younger. And I came in and I just said to my mom, I just do not feel like going to swim practice today. And she just took me through a series of questions. Well, do you not feel well? No, I I mean, I feel okay. Are you going to feel bad that you didn't go? Well, I probably will. Um, You know, do you think that your coach is going to be disappointed? And what about your teammates? And and then in the end of the series of these questions, I decided myself to go to swim practice. And I was very happy that I did. Um, So right there, she could have said, I am paying for you to be on this swim team and you need to show up to swimming and you are going young lady, you know, yelling at me saying that. But instead she saw that maybe I did need a break, you know, maybe I was working too hard. One of the things I love about what your mom did is like if, if she'd have made you go to practice, it would, the next practice you might've felt the same way, but because she uh, helped you make that decision that you made, you felt better about it. Yeah, totally. Cause it was my decision. You know, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's funny how when you're a teenager and you're a girl, like oftentimes it just kind of needs to come from you. Um, well, you know, and any kid for that matter. And, and most importantly, she, she, I knew she didn't want to be that mom. She didn't want to be that mom to yell at a kid to go to practice. And she also knew I wasn't that kid to receive it. I probably would have started crying I could have, you know, she could have slowly just killed the dream. Um, and then my dad on the other side was just this guy that he, he just wanted me to have fun in life. He wanted me to enjoy it. He saw how hard I was working and, you know, he just, he wasn't used to seeing somebody work that hard. So it was very important for him to make sure that I had fun in life. So he would take us on vacation. And I remember one year he walked into my coach's office. I mean, this is like high school. This is like maybe... 15 or 16, so three years away from the Olympic Games. And he walked in the coach's office and said, I'm taking summer on vacation. Here are the dates. And it was right in, like, heavy training period. And my coach said, um, Bob, that is not a good idea. I gave all these. And, and my dad just stopped in mid-sentence. Mike, I'm the dad. I don't think you heard me. I'm taking summer on vacation. <laughs> I went away on vacation, and I swam. I remember we went to Watuco to Club Med. I swam in their pool down there, you know, just leisurely, but did a few workouts. I came back, and the end of that season was one of my best seasons ever. And from that point on, my coach would joke with my, you know, would joke with my dad saying, you taking, you taking summer on any vacations? Um, 
And again, this is just me. Every kid's different. My parents knew me, and I think that's the biggest message with the book, is that we really do know our kids the best, but we also have to make sure that we are filling the role that we are meant to fill, which is the parent. So, so let me ask you to flip that. Now, you, you've got two kids, and Sky is going to be uh, potentially competing soon. What do you think will be the biggest challenge you'll face as a responsible sports parent? I can't say yet. I have no idea. But um, I'll just say this, that I saw a side of me that I think might come out um, more and more as my kids get older, and I'll probably have to bite my tongue a bit. Um, But I saw some kid, some older kid at the park the other day, grabbing my son by the back of the shirt and just flinging him around. And my son's 20 months old. So he's just flinging him around. And I flew off the, I mean, I didn't, I didn't verbally abuse the boy, but I was yelling like, stop, stop, stop touching him, you know, leave him alone. And my, the other moms were doing that because I thought he was going to like actually sw- swing him into one of the, the, the metal sides of the, um, the playground. Um, but I saw a side of me that was like sticking up for my kids. Um, and I say that because I, I'm around a community with, um, you know, a lot of team and physical sports. So soccer, softball, baseball, all that kind of stuff. So what I see is like, oh, my gosh, I hope that there isn't like the bully on the team that's going to beat my kid up. (laughs) Well, you know, I think a a lot of parents get a bad rap for intervening and, and, uh, you know, doing inappropriate things. Uh, I often think a lot of the motivation is they're trying to protect their kids. They're, they, they're doing it inappropriately, and, um, but, but a lot of the motivation is I need to protect my kid. And I think one of the great things about sports is it's an opportunity for kids to, to fall down, get knocked down, to fail, and the consequences aren't that great. They can learn to bounce back up. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty hard on my kids. I, I think... My mom and my dad would be fine with this. My mom was much harder on us than my dad was. Um, You know, my my mom was the one that just instilled in us accountability. You are accountable, 100% accountable, just like the not showing up for practice, you know. Um, There's just so many instances where I just knew that I was responsible for my my own actions. Um, So she never felt sorry for me. And it's funny that I say this, I think I'll stick up for them, but um, on the other side... Like, I also won't feel sorry for them if they are bummed out because they didn't compete well, but I knew they didn't go to practice. You know, it's just that I I just hope, I just hope, and I think this is what I've taken away from my parents, that my relationship with my kid has nothing to do with how they did on the soccer field or in the swim pool or on the ski hill. My relationship with my kid is to be there for them, build a grounding um, support system and home life, and keep it consistent. You know, it's just, that's what I said in my book. If I did poorly at the swim meet, we were still having the pizza party. You know, we didn't talk about swimming at the pizza party. It was just everyone get together and eat a bunch, bunch of pizza, run around and be, you know, goofy, fun kids. At, at Summer, I think that's really important because I, I think kids actually do get confused. You know, when, when our, our kids do well, we're really excited. And when they don't do well, we're, we're deflated. And they can conf- get confused, like, gee, I, I really need to do well for my parents to love me. And so I, I really like your attitude there. Well, thanks. You know, and don't quote me on it. I, mean, I, I, I am the mother of a three-and-a-half-year-old and a 20-month-old. I have no idea what kind of a sports parent 
I will be, nor do I know if my kids are going to be into sports. I hope they are, not because I want them to be number one and win gold medals, but because I think that it provides such a great, like all the fundamentals of life you learn through sports. And I would love for them to learn them that way. But if they don't and they choose another path, like music or dance or, you know, science, then I will support them in whatever they do. Just like what my mom said, she matched my commitment. And I, that's my goal as a parent is to match their commitment. I like that. So we, t- we talk about uh, honoring the game and, and respect for the roots of the game, respect for the rules, opponents, officials, teammates, and then ultimately for yourself. Um, let me just ask you to speculate. Let's say a few years from now, one of your kids is playing and a, a, a parent of another kid is acting in a way that doesn't honor the game. Any thoughts about how you might respond? Um, well, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't do it in front of a lot of people. Um, and I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I have a hard time not voicing my opinion. If I, if I think that it's, it's um, affecting my child, I, I try my best not to intervene into a, in a situation that, um, that uh, I am not directly affected by, because I think that's kind of, it's a fine line between butting into something that's kind of not your business. Um, but if it did have an effect on another kid and, and their team, I would talk to their parents about it. Um, but, I, but the, you know, I have to say, I do think I have the credentials and the right to give my opinion on what good coaching is, uh, simply because of the way I was raised with sports and, and the great coaches that I was around. Um, as do, I think my husband is the same way. So with keeping that in mind, I think it might be my responsibility to say something in a very calm and off the field and away from the kids kind of a, uh, kind of a manner. Well, one of the aspects of honoring the game is respect for your opponents. Uh, any opponents when that you were swimming at any level that, that you really had a lot of respect for? Oh, almost all of them, honestly. Um, <laughs> Jenny Thompson, Lee Loveless, all my teammates. And I swam against them, uh, Nicole Hazlett. It was I, I had a really good era of swimming. Like the, the quality of people, not just athletes, but the quality of people that I swam with and against was kind of off the charts. Um, and I'm, I'm only realizing that more and more as time goes by. But uh, they were just, you know, uh, I, re- I really respected all of them. Nobody, There were no sore losers. There wasn't anybody you know, throwing their goggles and, and taking it personally. We all, it was just, it was just very pretty black and white. You work hard and you get out there and you try as best you can to swim as fast as you could and enjoy every moment of it. And we really, truly did. You know, you, you hit on an aspect of team sports and swimming is a team sport where you're competing with your teammates and you're cooperating at the same time. And, that can that can be a confusing thing, but it sounds like you had some great uh, teammates who pushed you and supported you both. Yeah, when you're with them every single day, you know, kind of in the trenches, so to speak. Uh, I mean, we saw, you know, 90% of the sunrises while we were at Stanford because we were in the water. Um, and if you can look at that and say, wow, so it's such a treat because it's so beautiful, then you know you're doing something right. Um, we collectively... Would, would giggle at Richard because he'd be singing country western songs on the pool deck. Um, we would collectively, you know, 
want to throw a, a kickboard at him when he'd give us a really hard set and smile at us while he was doing it. Um, but there's something that just, it's a great bond that you build when you have, when you have that kind of experience. It's, um, I'm just so grateful that I had that experience in my life. I think now it's a, it's a lot different. A lot of the athletes are giving up their eligibility and, and missing out on that type of, of, of athletics and that kind of camaraderie. And if there was a gift I could give them, I would give them a couple of years of that because it's just invaluable. Yep. Last question. Um, since you retired from swimming, you've had a successful career in broadcasting and acting. How has, would you say, your athletic experience has helped you in your professional life after sports? Well, it directly helped me because it, it, being an athlete got me my first job, um, just heading straight into swimming commentary. But it's, you know, it's just the confidence factor. I mean, the fact that I, I was not intimidated to walk up to anybody that I was interviewing. Um, and I don't know if that came from sports, but I have to think it did. Uh, I just saw them as real people. And especially, you know, you know, the finals, the NBA finals and, you know, Shaq's out there or Jordan's out there. Um, I just, I felt like I have experienced that kind of pressure and those moments where it's all on the line. Um, in sports, and so there, there's some connection there. Whether or not they knew I was an athlete or not, I felt it, and so that that brought my confidence level up to to have to not be nervous at all to interview them. Um, and then I, I, I really do love the adrenaline rush. I love that feeling of live TV, uh, and I think I get that from sports. It's really hard to find in you know quote unquote real life. So um, I was really thankful to find that in my in my career. It really is similar, I think, um, you know, a big game or uh, where you have to perform, you can't say, well, let me come back tomorrow, i got to perform now, and it's the same, uh, seems like it's the same with broadcasting. That's why I love it. That's why I still love it. Well, Summer, I want to thank you for taking the time today to share with me and our responsible sports listeners your thoughts, both as an athlete and a parent. Uh, I have no doubt your insights are going to help many parents and coaches out there listening and I really also want to thank you for your continued support of Positive Coaching Alliance. It means a lot to me that someone as uh, distinguished and um, wonderful person as you support Positive Coaching Alliance. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you know I support it because I believe in it. Um, it's not just one of those things where we have a connection. It's I am 100% a fan and believe in Positive Coaching Alliance mostly because my coach has affected me in such a positive way. And I would love for every kid to have that experience. So thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Summer Sanders episode of Liberty Mutual's Responsible Sports Podcast. To learn more about responsible sports, including how you can be a responsible coach and influence the lives of young athletes, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guidelines, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts.